0: Hello, and welcome to Southside Church Podcast. For information about our church located in Cape Town, South Africa, go and check out our website, southsidechurch.co.za. We trust that the message would inspire you today. to think that when we went into the pandemic at Southside Church we had never ever used the camera we had never ever understood software which allows you to do online platform ministry to think we had never had to try and learn how to do a separate sound mix for an online audience while we had people in our auditorium to figuring out how to connect all the cabling get all the new cameras that we have the upgrades on cameras we don't actually know how to use you know, no, that's exactly how God always is, isn't it? He doesn't call the qualified, He qualifies the called. And so God is busy helping us grow in this expansion in and this advancement. And I want to encourage you, very often, I said in my sermon last week, very often the way God works is through what we could call Gideon growth. Because what happens is when you learn to count as a kid, you weren't taught 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, all the way up to 100 straight away. You were taught to understand how numbers work. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Okay. 1, 2, 3, 4. What's 10 plus 10? 20. Oh, so 1, 2, 3. When God's going to take you to the next level, you always start counting at one again. And very often we can overlook the fact that we've gone to the next level because we're starting at one and we had enjoyed being at 10. And right now I believe that we are going to the next level out of the season. And in many ways we are relearning everything we know, yet we do not despise the small beginnings. Because when we looked three years ago at where we would be today, the fact that we had almost 800 people at our last Christmas Uh, service before lockdown. We have uh, up to 380, 400 adults that have been able to be part of church, excluding the around 100 children, which have been in Southside Kids. And this has been in a three-year period. We've heard stories, and in fact, as part of today, we had testimonies for people that were testifying, each one. One of them about how they came to know God in personal relationship through Southside Church. One that was going to testify about how they began finding freedom and being given permission to deal with some junk in their lives that they had buried for many years. We were going to share a testimony about an incredible woman that walked in this church in the middle of a sermon I was preaching about Jonah. She was lost, didn't know where she was going with her life, had made decisions in her external world trying to deal with her internal issues, and at the bottom of that robot felt something tell her, turn your car around and drive to that church with an upside-down eye. She walked in here and sat in the corner and I was preaching about Jonah in the belly of a whale in the dark place where, where Jonah thought there was no hope and his destiny was finished when in fact even in the darkness God was sovereign and that very dark place was the belly of a whale that was leading Jonah to a destiny and she sat there and spoke right to her and right now she leads a high level team in Southside Church. There was someone else that was going to be sharing on a video testimony with us today and They were going to be sharing about uh, how, as they have been given the privilege and opportunities to serve in church, it's directly correlated to God opening the doors of blessing in their workplace with promotion and opportunity to serve others on high levels of responsibility. But we're starting at one on the next level, and so the video crashed, Because we're empowering new people. Because we're setting up new technology spaces, places, and platforms for a long-term impact. And whenever you're going to have a long-term impact that leaves legacy, it always begins with short-term learning and stepping into spaces and places that are unfamiliar and that you're afraid of. Because is that not what our faith journey is all about? And if we will continue being a people that live like that, we will see in our lifetime in the deep south of Cape Town, South Africa, a move and an impact immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. Can I get an amen? We will not relent. We will not stop. And we will, like Judges uh, 21 verse 5 or 521 says, march on with courage, my soul. That was the word God gave us for 2021. March on with courage, my soul. And so I stand here today overwhelmed, passionately, filled with the Spirit of God, with a a sense of vision and impact that we have not yet seen. There have been many, many people which have engaged and actually contacted Southside Church because we've been online. There are people that have never walked in our building that are here today for the first time because they saw us online and it's brought them to this place. God continues to build His church even through the pandemic, And we are part of that, and that is beautiful because here's the crazy thing. If Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail, and you are the church, it means his purpose in your life will still prevail even through this pandemic. And so today I want to speak into vision for 2021. And we're doing this very differently. I mean, suddenly the video's not working. We planned it. It's all been, okay, what are we going to do now? So, so, so everything is different in everything we're doing. And no one has ever led through this. So no one can give you a book with the five points to having your breakthrough. We need to be hearing God and trusting him. And so for us today, our vision 2021 is very different to the usual. It's not a big, loud, bling vision full of lights and smoke. Yes, we've upgraded our facilities. But that's not what our vision is about today. And I'm going to share more about that with you as we go into this together. And so I want to ask you a a question. Have you, and I, I need you to be honest here, and guys, I know this is the worst. This is where like your wife like wins. It's like with the GPS, when you say you don't need it, and then eventually you lost. And they say, I told you. Well, have you ever gone to the shop and bought like a Uh, um, a DIY furniture kit, okay? So something that you had to build. You know, you buy it in a box, you take it home, and then you must fit all the bits together. And you went home, and you're like, I don't need to look at the instructions, Okay, and then you start building it and you get to like the last few things and you're trying to shove it in and you're like, no, this isn't right. And your spouse is looking at you like that. And you had, to, you had to disassemble everything you did and you needed to rebuild it correctly based on the instructions. Can I ask you if there's anyone out there that's done that? Can I have a raised hand? If you're with us online, put up an emoji hand right now. I've done that, and it's the most humbling thing when your wife looks at you and then, like, pulls a funny face or whatever it might be. And my wife doesn't do that because, you know, she's a pastor's wife. Not, Don't even call her a pastor's wife. My wife is my wife, okay? But but she doesn't do that um, because I don't let her know I built it without the instructions. So when I go, and I said it didn't work, I, I just go, I'm just going to quickly undo this because I, I just— but but, but but I admit that I've done that before. There have been times in my life where I've assumed I knew how to build something only to realize I had to disassemble the whole thing, look at the instructions and start over. And I have a confession to make that that I've got stuff to disassemble personally in my life which I thought was right but need to start rebuilding as I follow Jesus. And recently and over the last while in my own life, I've realized there are things I've built and believed and thought were right, even in my walk with God, that I've had to go back and disassemble and put together in the appropriate uh, um, uh, ways that God seeks me to do so. And so vision has started becoming clearer for me in my personal life as much as it has for us and our communities and, and who we are as followers of Jesus. And, and and as I slowly become clearer on vision, I'm seeing more clearly the purposes to which I and you have been called as Paul the Apostle describes in Ephesians 1 verse 18 when he prays for the church and says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened In order that you may know the hope to which God has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. So, Paul prays for us here, the church, that our hearts would see. He prays that our hearts would see. Because true vision doesn't start with the external eyes on your head, but the internal eyes of your heart. That's where vision begins. So, uh, and this year, because of that, we have sensed that our vision is focused on you as an individual person and not an external project that needs to get done. We're like, God says, this year, you're not going to make your focus on an external project that needs to get done, but you're going to make the focus on the people. This year, our vision is about us directly. Because true vision doesn't start with the external eyes on your head, but the internal eyes of your heart. And we see that Paul described in his prayer, he he said, Your heart has eyes, and the ability to see, hope, and the purposes God has for your life. That's what Paul was describing in his prayer. Your heart has eyes and the ability to see hope and the purposes that God has for your life. But this requires that those eyes of the heart are enlightened. And the word enlightened in the original Greek means reveal. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to reveal to you something that every single one of us would love. (laughs) Something of great value and worth. Something we would enjoy would give us a sense of 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 completion or, or celebration. So ladies and gentlemen, behold. Oh. Behold. You see, although the precious riches are in there, I promise you. They aren't revealed. Because of the mess between the lens of the glass and the valued object in the middle. And in the same way, we can often fail to see the hope and purposes to which we are called because the lenses of the eyes of our hearts are blurred by past shame and guilt, regret, even success, failure, loss, or betrayal. Many things can create this muddied lens of the eyes of our hearts that Paul prays would become enlightened. And so what we like to then do is we try to fix the mess internally. We try to fix the mess and the mud internally, and we do this with with external practices. So, so we might do things like we try to move around. You know, like if I get this new job, you know, yeah, if I get the new job there, then everything will be right. Or, or when I have the right relationship, we try moving ourselves around in the external to come up with an internal solution to our mess. Or we try to fix things with filters. We're like, we're like, we're like. And then we're, we're kind of like, I got it all together. No, 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 it's all good. No, I've got nice things, you know, I'm, I'm sorted. I, I carry the look. You must check my Instagram photos. I'm popular. My performance is noteworthy. We live from the outside in instead of the inside out. And as Christians, this is one area of our lives where there needs to be a lot of disassembling and rebuilding, guys, because there are so many followers of Jesus walking around like this with eyes of their hearts in the dark. They save, they know the Savior. They've heard about this glorious way of life Christ has for his followers, but they're unable to experience its fullness. We need to do a lot of dis- disassembling and rebuilding. Is there are many followers of Jesus with eyes of the heart that are in the dark. Now, the evidence of this is seen in how we endure in seasons where the external things we relied on in order to fix our internal mess are taken away. This pandemic has done that. That's why divorces have increased, suicide, mental health issues Because there are a bunch of people not surrendered internally to God with the eyes of their heart, but striving externally to try and fix everything from the outside, and they're even losing the control and power to do that. So, may I ask you and I the question today, who are you when your internal well being can no longer be defined by the conditions of your external world? What has this pandemic done to us? What has it done to you? Where has it shaken you to the core? So there might be some things externally you're trying to use to leverage healing internally. What if your worth? What if the riches in who you were in the sight of God, what if, what if your worth was never actually in question, but your ability to see clearly through the eyes of your heart was the problem? Your ability to see clear vision of hope is darkened by undealt internal brokenness, which has been buried in your external business. And this is the greatest danger to us as followers of Jesus because as Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. A UK magazine article a while ago carried this headline, how driving with a dirty windscreen could see you slapped with a 5,000 pound fine and nine penalty points. And then it went on in this article and said, not having clear vision is, in low sun situations is a really serious issue. Being a follower of Jesus and not being able to see clearly through the lenses of your heart is a really serious issue. And I believe that many more followers of Jesus have perished in their devotion to God's call, not because of external circumstances, but the internal mess, mudding clear the vision from the eyes of their hearts. You see, we've spent so much time as Christians working on this external, trying to polish this up by getting all the rules right, that we've overlooked the internal. You see... We've taken Jesus' commission in Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20, where he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the world. And we've assumed it means teaching people who have made a decision to follow Jesus, that reading their Bible, praying 15 minutes a day, and attending church regularly is enough to experience the glorious way of life that God has for his followers. Just do that. Tell me how it's going. Because I know some people which have fallen away during this season, and they were doing all the right things externally. My question is, what did the eyes of your heart look like internally? Problem here is that we focused more on behavior modification aligning to religious practice than to transformation through a living relationship with Jesus who said in the great commandment of Matthew 22, verse 37, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Heart, heart, heart. We've made our walk with God more about what we do externally with our hands than how we love internally with our hearts. But Paul the Apostle, who wrote much of the New Testament, discovered that everything driving his life externally was determined by his spiritual condition internally. And he says to us in Romans 7.23, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. The external starts with the internal. External, external behavior modification has in many ways distracted us from focusing on the important journey of internal transformation. And our vision this year is to change that. We're going to disassemble some of the ways we have thought in the past. And um, we want to begin rebuilding our approach to ministering to others by allowing our behavior externally to be birthed out of who we are becoming internally. I need you to hear this. We aren't saying do what you want. We're not saying, oh, God doesn't care what you do externally. We're not saying that. But we're saying, instead of assuming our internal condition is determined by our external uh, behavior, we're saying, actually, our external behavior should be birthed out of our internal uh, being. And as Christian professor and author Dallas Willard said, the most important thing in your life is not what you do, it's who you become. We want to rebuild our approach by allowing our behavior externally to be birthed out of who we are becoming internally. And 2 Corinthians 5:17 reinforces this approach. When we are reminded when someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He's not the same anymore. A new life has begun. It's about who we are becoming through the transformational work of the Holy Spirit in our salvation. We want to be a community of people who are becoming more like Jesus. So that who we are becoming is what testifies to the truth of Christ. The Christ who offended the religious because he spent time with sinners. The Christ who spoke heaven's truth in human context. The Christ who loved the prostitute that the Pharisees sought to judge. The Christ who for the first time in history introduced humility as a virtue to pursue instead of a weakness to hide. The Christ who called the unqualified and empowered them to change the world. And the Christ who stands at the door of our hearts and knocks. Revelation 3.20, the words of God himself. Here I am, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Now in this context, God was actually rebuking the self-deluded Christians of the church in Laodicea. I hope I said that right. But this principle applies to us today when we live under the delusion that following Jesus is more about external conditions of life than the internal ones. In Mark chapter 8, 36, Jesus says, What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? But we need to understand that Jesus here is not just speaking about a destination one day in heaven, he's speaking about a diagnosis. For the person who is unhealthy internally, not even acquiring the whole world, could produce satisfaction. How many followers of Jesus are living forfeiting the fullness of Christ's desire for their souls because they so caught up striving to try and get religious rules right first? Jim Carrey famously asserted a quote that I've said so many times when he says, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. But we got the answer. (laughs) It's the one who stands at the door of our hearts and knocks, Jesus. You see, we may have invited Christ into our lives, but have we opened the door to let him into our hearts? Jesus, today I confess you, my Lord and Savior. We come to church. We, How far has Christ been allowed into the depths of your heart as he knocks on the door? Psalm 51, 17 tells us, The fountain of God's pleasure is found in the sacrifice of my shattered heart before him. God, I went to church, read my Bible, and prayed. I suffer with depression. God, I don't want you to see that, so I'm just going to keep this door closed. You know at home, that one room we all have, it's like the throw anything in room. The door's always closed when the guests come because we don't want them to see our mess. Jesus wants to open the door full of your mess. Because contrary to the weight of religious rules that expect perfection, his word tells me that his power is made perfect in my weakness. The doors we hide behind are the places Jesus comes to heal. Because as we let him in, his perfect love drives out fear, and his presence brings freedom. And then we begin to see through the hearts that are healed. I can see. I am worthy. I don't live for love, but I live loved. I'm not the one that's betrayed perfecting religious rules, but I am his beloved. I don't fight for a victory, I fight from victory, because the eyes of my heart are clear. Southside Church, through prayer, God's word, our engagement and connection with our eldership, we believe that this is what we are called to do in leading our communities to the feet of Jesus, who came to seek and save the lost. That we are called to approach, engage, and introduce others, both Christians and those far from God, to a transforming new life in Christ. We're called to invite people on a journey of transformation. Both those that don't yet know Jesus and those that do. Because that is what it's about, experiencing the journey of an internal transformation. We want to lead and live from the inside out. We want to obey the command of Jesus to make disciples, but healthy disciples who sustain their course through a healthy heart as to hear the words of their maker one day declare, well done, good and faithful servants.